And welcome to Soul Zero Two. I'm so glad to be with you today. And I want to talk to you today about uh, something that that happened to me like last year that kind of changed my perspective on on life in general. And that is, I had a mini stroke last year, and I was in the pulpit speaking, and then it just came on me, and it was a long story. And of course, my wife worried more, way more than I did. But uh, here, here's the point: uh, I was working out five days a week. And I was eating oatmeal in the morning and salad at night, and my only vice is chocolate. So they really don't know why it happened. And that really changes your outlook on life because when you're younger, you think that you're invulnerable, that you're, you're going to live forever, and you never know. And, and this is why that you must make, you must absolutely and, and positively make use of every moment of your life. And this is why I want to talk to you today about the power of now about the power of being in your moment, in the moment God gave you, because that moment is never going to come again. And uh, th- there's a, a scripture that I want to give you. I'll, I'll give you a couple, but here's Ecclesiastes 9.10 that says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol, and Sheol is another word there for the grave, to which you are going. And we find that time is a powerful thing. It's so powerful that it can make us live in the past instead of the present. Or it can fixate us on the future instead of the moment. And many people, many of us, don't live in the moment. We are escape artists. The body may be here, but the mind is somewhere stuck in the past or fixated in the future or in la-la land, you know, some fantasy world. We can even create alternate realities within our head that keep us from the now. And thus, it has been said in this manner by Matthew Killingsworth, human beings have this unique ability to focus on things that aren't happening right now. Is that true or what? And it's interesting that Olympic gold medal winners often say the same thing when, when, they, when they're holding the gold. They ask them, how do you feel? They're like, I don't know. Or what do you, they ask them, what are you going to do with your life? I don't know. I'm just enjoying the moment. They embrace that moment. And we find that, that uh, Leonard Sweet called it a, a state of here-ness, right? Of being here right now. And I would add, it, it's a state of now-ness. That's why I'm calling it the power of now. Abiding is not just about being in a place but it's about embracing your moment with your whole body, with your whole soul, with your whole spirit. And so, the danger of living in a fantasy is that it takes you from the here and the now of your purpose. And how many of us have escaped, especially during COVID, when COVID was happening really badly, uh, a lot of people became addicted to the binge-watching, right? And we became like these couch potatoes, just stuck in a rut with no purpose. But about time, let me just mention this, that there is a time that moves from one point to another, and that's called chronos time, or chronological, or passing time, right? But then there's another kind of time called kairos time, and it refers to a specific point of time that carries crucial meaning or human life. And Kairos 
in the scriptures, it talks about Kairos moments. It's an event in, uh, an event in history, an event in history where, where God unveils some dimension of its eternal purpose as it relates to the human race. Christ's birth was, was a Kairos moment. Uh, his, his death was a Kairos moment. His resurrection was a Kairos moment. His ascension was a Kairos moment. And his, his return will be a Kairos moment. In the Old Testament, the parting of the Red Sea, there was the pillar of fire. That was a Kairos moment. That was, you know, and the parting of the Red Sea, of course. And the whole journey Israel took with all these miracles and taking the land, that was all Kairos moments. And then we find some scriptures that speak of Kairos moments in the New Testament. Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled. Galatians 4.4, but when the fullness of time came. Acts 3.21, it speaks of the one of whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all. And Peter speaks of the idea that for salvation, it's ready to be revealed in the last time. And then there's one more scripture in Acts I want to give you. If you guys know me, I like giving scriptures because the scriptures are the foundation of what we share. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep, meaning he died, and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. And so, do you notice that idea that that he fulfilled his purpose in his own generation, which means that these are moments that we have to, we must discover in that generation. And there are a couple things that might keep us from, from this time thing. A couple of things that might keep us from, from fulfilling our purpose in the moment. And in other words, as we live these moments, sometimes there are forces that can keep us from from noticing that moment, and so we miss the opportunity. And But the first one is this, our makeup, meaning the way we were made, the way we were created. We are a paradox. We live in time. At the same time, we're eternal beings. So we're temporal, but at the same time, our souls are eternal. This is why Jesus came to die for us, because we live forever, one way or another, wherever we end up. So it's important that what we do now connects to eternity, that we don't just live for the moment in a bad way, you know, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. So there's this never-ending tug of war between what was, what is, and what will be. And because of this tension, we can miss God's kairos moments in our life, the moments where He just converges on us, and says this is a time of movement and purpose and change and transition. And we can live in another mental time zone. We can live in the past. We can live in the future or the, or, or the present, right? Uh, but we can live in the present while living in a fantasy world in our head. So there's no future in living in the past and there's no present by living in the future. In fact, in the scriptures, uh, Queen Esther, uh, she, she had this strong conviction that she was here for such a time of this, for such a time as this. And Noah, it was says, was a righteous man in his generation. But back to this other thing, it's not just a thing of future and past that we struggle with. Sometimes we struggle 
with daydreaming and fantasy. And they say that daydreaming and fantasy can be a healthy thing, but then again, maybe it could be a bad thing, right? When is it bad? It's bad when, when I miss my purpose because I'm daydreaming or fantasizing. And there was a, a show in the 90s called Herman's Head. It was in the early 90s. And it's all about this idea that while, while dealing with life in the big city, Herman's inner thoughts are played out by four characters. His intellect, his fear, his compassion, his lust. And these keep him stuck in this daydreaming fantasy where he doesn't really get stuff done. And this is what I mean by we can be stuck in, in this alternate dimension of right in our heads. And a study found that people spend nearly half their time, 46.7%, thinking about something other than what they're actually doing. And that's not healthy. And psychologists have found that people are distracted from the task at hand nearly half the time that they're daydreaming. And the team concluded that reminiscing and thinking ahead or daydreaming tends to make people more miserable even when they are thinking about something pleasant. Why? Because you have to come back to your reality. That's why there's something about facing your reality that is very powerful, especially when it's hard and you give it to God. That's a powerful thing. So think about it this way, that the happiest times in our lives are when we're focused on the moment. And somebody put it this way, that when your entire being and body and soul and spirit are totally immersed in the moment, you experience flourishing and joy. And even when it's hard, right, there are bad moments that we'd rather fantasize not being there, right? But you still have to face them. So why not face them with the power and grace of God? Why not? Face it and go to God in prayer and say, God, this is the worst day of my life, but I'm going to trust in you. And you faced your moment. And this is what we mean about being here now. So why does God want us to live in this now? Let me give you some reasons. Why does God want us to live in this now? The first reason is this. We can miss our moment. Jesus was coming to Jerusalem and he came on a colt. And you would think that, you know, when he's arriving, and of course people are they're, they're excited he's there, they're, they're dropping palm branches. But instead, you know, he weeps over Jerusalem. And he says these words. He says, you did not recognize the time of your visitation. And there's something about accountability for the moment that, that says now is important. We will all be held accountable, not just for our gifts and talents, but how we spent our time, how we spent the energy within that time. So it's important that we, that we live now because we will miss that moment if we're not careful, right? If, if we're busy somewhere else in some other zone. But there's a, another one I want to give you, and that is this. Not facing your moment keeps you in a lifeless rut. And it has been said by Ralph, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, we're always getting ready to live, but never living. Have you said that maybe in, in your older age, maybe you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, and you say, you know, when my life starts, I'm going to do this when I grow up. <laughs> and maybe we all do that to an extent. But there comes a point where we have to know we have a purpose, where we have to know God is calling us to something and that we're doing it. 
And that purpose begins by facing your moments and living in it. Light becomes this dark hole that sucks up all our energy and, and joy and hope when we don't face the moments in life that we live. And survival becomes our default position as we navigate repetitive days that don't seem to change. And we become more prone to sin and failure and compromise because there's no hope. What's the point, right? And, you know, I'm not saying that to discourage anyone today. But I'm saying that because we all need to understand that God wants us to live in the moment. But here's, I want to give you another one here. And that is this, that you were designed to function best when you embrace your moment. In fact, the way Abraham Maslow put it, he was a psychologist, he said, the ability to be in the present moment is a major component of mental wellness. That is so important to understand, that to live in your moment is healthier spiritually, mentally, and physically than living in the past or future. And Jesus did not refuse his moment, even on the cross. He, you know, they wanted to give him this, this sense-numbing drink, right? The wine and the gall. And he refused it. He said, I don't want it. Because he, he needed to endure that moment knowing that God was with him. Knowing that he was going to overcome it because God was there with him. And so, I want to give you one more here of why it's so important to embrace your moment. And then I'm going to give you a quote. Now is the only real thing you have. You don't really have the future, not yet. And the past is the past. That's why the scriptures tell us in 2 Corinthians uh, 6.23, today is the day of salvation, right? And C.S. Lewis once said beautifully, uh, he said, and this was from the script script tape letters, uh, for the present is the point at which time touches eternity. And that is so important. That's why the present is so powerful. Have you noticed that we like to preserve the present with pictures that we, have, that we have online and we share with our families? Why? Because that moment was so powerful. It's the only thing that touches eternity, the now. So there's nothing closer to eternity than now. And each now moment is unique and will never come again. And that's why Jesus, when he spoke of children... He said beautifully, you, you must be converted and become as a child. Why is that? Because children, they, they don't have a past or a future. They live for the now, and they pour all of their energy and might and strength in that one moment as if it, it's going to last forever. And it's a beautiful thing. So think about the past like sour milk that has expired. And think about the future as something that, hey, it could be great, or it could be bad, but it's, it's not here yet. In fact, God's grace is only for today. It's not for tomorrow. Uh, You can't waste your energy. You shouldn't waste your energy thinking about tomorrow because the grace is not there yet for tomorrow. It's only there for today. I'm going to give you two more scriptures and we're going to close this out today. But Matthew uh, 6-34. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. What's he saying? Focus on today. Let God's grace work for you today. And tomorrow, His grace will be there to meet you when the time comes. So, and here's one more I want to give you. Lamentations 3.22 The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
So if this podcast has blessed you, please leave a like and recommend it to a friend. And I'm so glad to do these. And it's, it's great to uh, just uh, be, be doing these. Uh, sometimes I take a break because I, I get really ahead and I crank them out and then I take a break and work on content and prayer. And <laughs> so, so uh, bless somebody with this because I think it, it'll encourage somebody. So until next time, so glad to be with you. God bless.